Hello guys, welcome to this podcast Everyday Talkies which ironically does not come out daily. I am Anshul and I talk about random things to random people, majorly about life, perspectives and thinking process. It's like an interview or let's say more of a conversation with one or two guests about random topics that interest us. To be really honest, it's just a way to reduce my inhibitions in talking to people. So, come join me and enjoy. Hello guys, welcome to the new episode of Everyday Talkies. So we are continuing our tradition of getting to know more about finance, getting to meet other people who are working in this industry to educate ourselves and grow our financial literacy. I won't blabber too much, but today I have my cousin who's here as a guest. I think the first lady guest uh, in my podcast. I do not know why it took so much time. Probably I do not have much friends in that way. But thanks to Smriti for joining us for this episode, and I'll shut up and give her the platform to introduce herself and talk about her journey in finance. Hi, Anshul. So I'm Smriti and I am currently pursuing my MBA from NMIMS Mumbai and I am an engineer myself and I've worked for 3 years with Bosch post which I actually decided that I want to do an MBA and that to in finance as rightly pointed out by Anshul I don't think it's that you don't have too many friends it's that we have really few women in this field maybe because when i came to college if you see in engineering college obviously the ratio of girls was less but in an mba college you would at least expect that to be more because people from bcom bsc economics everyone comes here right so then you'll expect the ratio to be a good number but in a class of 60 students i think we have 15 girls that's it and that includes marketing finance and operation so if i consider only finance it's a abysmal number That's actually sad to hear. So, in the same thing, if I see a CFO, if you see any company CFO, do you ever hear a woman in that position? Yeah, that is true, and you know that has been a point of discussion in many organizations as well. Now they are actually trying to increase it. I was just uh, trying to ask that there is this trend, and everybody you know frowns upon. I would say, or people call it a very mainstream thing, and people do their engineering and just go for their MBA. I would like to personally know more about what made you pursue engineering, and what made you actually you know pursue the field of finance, and totally you know changing your lines there. So if someone would have asked me in a job interview, the answer would have been definitely different because you know we more. <laughs> I had answers yeah. to the interviewer, but here because I can be all like myself, I would be true. Being from a Marwari household and always seen my parents in the business and my cousins, everyone is in business. Even you are aware, I think. Yeah. I don't think I have anyone in my family who is an engineer. So when I was in tenth or eleventh, that's what excited me. I wanted to pursue the field of engineering because that was something no one had done. and being a girl from my family also i don't think there was anyone who actually a girl who went outside of my hometown and studied so i was the first one and my dad allowed me so that's what excited me to pursue engineering it was a very good course i liked it then i worked for it but inside me there was this small part which always wanted to do something in business so my dad always wanted me to become a ca i remember him saying that in 10th he take up commerce become a ca why do you want to do 
engineering maybe because of that i had this thing in my mind so now i felt that a ca degree just gives you the knowledge it definitely gives you knowledge there's no doubt about it but then i wanted exposure to the real world so i thought an mba in finance degree would be better option for me that way so i'm a person who likes speaking who likes to interact and a ca is a course that you have to sit by yourself you have to study for long hours there's no presentations as, as such i wanted to improve on those skills as well so mba gives you a wonderful platform for that since you're already there and you're already learning about these things and already in the process so how would you say the experiences or because there are lacks of people myself included who are preparing for these master courses mba courses and we're all just behind the preparation of it that is giving our cat exams or whatever exams competitive exams to get into the colleges but i think the one thing which really lacked between i think all the participants i would say though I don't want to generalize is that what actually happens in a college what do you actually learn what insights are you gaining which will help you in the real world talk to us something about that that's very true when we are preparing we do not think of the final outcome that once we get it what will happen in the college but there are a few of them who actually think about it because when i joined the class i'll tell you about that time I was intimidated because there were so many people from BCom background. There are people actually in my class who are CAs. So they have completed this chartered accountancy and then they have come to get an MBA degree. There are CFA graduates. They are amazing and their knowledge is vast. So to meet that knowledge and to get an understanding of that i feel we should also keep preparing we should be aware of what is actually going on in the economy that is one thing everyone says read the newspaper but no one actually tells us which newspaper should we read and what should we read in a newspaper because a newspaper is huge i cannot take an economic times and this 12 pages reading through will take me at least 3 4 hours if i read it religiously but there are certain things that we should know so first of all et and live mint there is this business uh, news called live mint one should religiously follow these i feel and in et we can read about the general market trends what is happening in the economy if there is some mergers and acquisition that's happening that is in general for an mba graduate it's not about only being in finance everyone should be aware of it other than this there are many courses which actually instills basic things in us we can pursue those i wish someone had actually told me when i was joining my mba college because there is some time just like suppose this lockdown we had so much time 2 3 months people who are actually preparing for mba this year could have utilized it to their best if they knew what they have to prepare for so knowing excel religiously i know excel is a tool we think is everyone uses excel but it has so many things and then just being aware with the economy is one thing i think which really helped me because earlier when i joined the college reading newspaper was not my thing to be very true but then i started reading and then i got to know that it's really interesting and you have topics to talk to people about otherwise in a gd suppose or in a normal conversation in class when people are talking you'll be intimidated rather if you know things that will give you confidence and while preparing you should be sure maybe not adamant about what course do you want if you see yourself as a credit analyst or something but you should have something in your mind that what do you want from the course that is i think a very big learning i would say because people know they want to do an mba but what needs to be done after that that's a very big question true and that might change because suppose today if i want to pursue something but because the economic conditions have changed i cannot 100% guarantee that i'll get that role 
but if i work towards it maybe in a few years i might get it okay so also we know what is there in finance so finance is about money and you talked about ca here but educate us about the different roles in finance because i'm sure that finance is just not limited to just cas so what do these finance people actually do so that is very rightly said that it is not only about cas that's what we have been learning since our childhood i think that finance is mostly for cas if i talk in an analogy for this it's as simple as when you were a child you got 10 rupees and you decided if you wanted a bar of chocolate or maybe you wanted to a chips packet and a chocolate so deciding there that's in a way if i'm talking about analogy here isn't it portfolio management so instead of putting all your 10 rupees in one place you're actually placing it in two things so that's finance for me you know if you relate it to the real world it becomes very easy and like you said talking about different roles so suppose today a company wants to buy another company so then you should know which company is good for you to invest suppose now like just we were saying even if it is not about buying it's just about getting stake in company you saw the recent rail every other company getting a stake in it there is a finance team within these companies suppose kkr facebook everyone has a finance team that has actually checked the balance sheet of the company the company strategy is very important also one thing we always think finance is only about numbers but it is also about strategy what is the strategy that the company is applying so i was reading this very interesting thing reliance i don't remember the exact amount how much they raised but that's an amount which the government of india could not raise even in 2 years and reliance raised it in 20 days it is because of the strategy that was applied by reliance industries because people know that it will grow leaps and bounds so that is one thing other than that there are many roles if i talk like that there is credit analysis just like we saw that recently india's rating was downgraded that is what a ratings role does so they check the ratings even each company is given a rating that's how we get to know that this company has defaulted or that company has defaulted to be very true i do not know about each of these parameters because these are specific to certain roles but broadly these are a few things other than this so we had our two months internship in the month of may and june i was working for a south african bank so it involved some forex trading and so suppose it's a bank it has already set up in south africa and they are new in india i think they came in 2014 so how can they leverage the indian condition to work with south africa and how they actually use their money to finance so the currency there is rand right so how indian currency and that currency go together and how they use it to finance all their deals these were certain things i cannot talk about everything because you know the nda so this is also a very very interesting field I wasn't aware of this until my internship. So it's about global markets and given the current situation it was a very interesting field to work for. Okay so let me understand this properly. So basically what you were doing was you were working for that South African bank to understand their viability in India. How can they adapt to the Indian market? What are the policies that they can introduce or what are the features as a bank they can introduce so that they can capitalize on the Indian market? So is that something true which I'm understanding? Also actually I was looking from the other side because they have a franchisee in India 
from India. If you see, I had listed down. There are too many Indian companies in South Africa, and we employ a lot many South African people there. So, as an Indian bank, how can they also invest in these companies, and who might require their assistance? Okay, this seems quite interesting because it's very different from the usual numbers that we always listening. This seems to be more of a problem-solving activity here, where you are strategizing whether this will be the right fit. It seems really quite interesting to me that this falls under finance. this could be done under finance so earlier when i was given the project even i was skeptical how is this finance but then when i started working i realized it actually comes under finance it is not that there was no numbers game at all there were number games but it accounted for i think 20 or 30% maybe but it was mostly about strategizing as you rightly mentioned if i could ask you let's say that obviously you have amassed now so much different kind of knowledge in finance what is that one thing which interests you personally in this field and something which you would like to pursue even further i do not know maybe i need to explore the field a little more because my first year was general it's not only finance so right now in the second year i am starting more of finance subjects but the subjects are amazing so i just started with a subject called futures and options a few days back so if you have mentioned those terms then why don't you explain us in very layman words so that even dumb people like me can understand it very easily <laughs> you know the general trading so normally whatever we invest in stock market or we trade that is that today's price so suppose an itc if i may take the example yeah. all these are fictional numbers i do not know the original price suppose it is trading at 300 rupees today and you are normally investing in it then you will buy it for 300 rupees if someone else is ready to sell that is you getting it in t plus 2 days it gets assigned to you right but so in the future what happens you decide that after 10 days you want this stock itc but why would i want it after 10 days like is there a reason behind that yeah so if you think that suppose they are coming up with a new product and you think it will hit the market and it will be amazing and you think the price will increase that time but now you are getting it only for 300 rupees but if it actually hits the market you will get it for 330 rupees then you will be at a profit of 30 rupees there correct if you decide the price today so today if you get it for 300 rupees after 10 days the person whoever you are trading has to sell it to you for 300 rupees even though the price is 330 rupees oh okay but the thing here is what if the product isn't a hit what if the product flops and the price falls to 250 rupees you are obligated to buy it you cannot help then there is this thing called options so here what happens in the same example when it is 330 rupees you can say that okay i will exercise my option and i will buy itc ka share but if the price is 250 if it falls then you don't buy it but the catch here is that when you are buying it for 300 maybe you'll have to pay a premium of 10 rupees so that premium suppose after 10 days the price is less and you say you don't want to buy so the seller will also get at least 10 rupees out of that transaction ah okay i understand so basically he will get the transaction fee correct it's a kind of transaction so then wouldn't options be more favorable than futures yes so for a buyer it is more favorable but for a seller it gets a little tricky because what if the price falls too much and premium of a very less amount will not be you know very good to cover it and this is only the basics because i've just read one or two classes so even i am not aware of it in depth so the professor who's teaching us he actually trades so he takes our classes only after 3:30 
according to him and for him he trades only options so he says it's very interesting and that is one thing which keeps you on your feet you know you keep reading what is happening what yeah so please tell us more about the other subjects that you are reading and explain us in brief what are they so this other subject is called investment analysis and portfolio management that's basically we always say don't keep all your eggs in one basket divide your investment if you are investing in one oil company invest the other one in something else maybe our sir gave us a very nice analogy he told that investing and managing a portfolio is like a chemical reaction so if you combine two atoms of hydrogen and one atom of oxygen you get h2o which is a completely different product so similarly what happens in portfolio is suppose if you are getting 10% return from one company and the other company is performing in maybe negative if it's giving you a negative of 5% you are still getting a 5% positive return when i first heard of this concept i had this very absurd theory i thought that if you could just buy let's say a 10 rupee worth of share in every company that is listed in stock market now because indian economy as a whole is growing as a net result i'll eventually earn a net profit of around 10 or 12% never thought of that very interesting does that even make sense even as a theoretical exercise as a hypothetical exercise i'm pretty sure like it will be very difficult to you know invest in all the companies listed in stock market we can actually try that so i'm thinking i'll start a virtual trading it will be good for you to experiment and then tell us the results okay so let's know about the other things that you're reading so these were mostly finance subjects i'm studying other than this i've taken strategy subjects as that interests me so my strategy subject is called business model and planning so that is learning how a business grows and what takes for a business for a startup basically to turn to a unicorn startup because we have seen that not all startups sustain and how do you get that idea that clicks and how do you know if your business idea is good or bad so this is a subject we have just started but it's beautiful one thing i would like to add that might be that my thinking is wrong here but from what i have read i see that there are numerous startups which just pitch their ideas and they get lots of funding i'm sure they must have done their hard work behind it they must have shown that they're capable of building that and they get funded and eventually if that does not work out it's just a loss of money and we have examples like uber ola and even the food industry the food delivery industry where they're just operating on losses a basic understanding you know True. from a very rudimentary sense which i know is you cannot sustain loss i understand that these companies want to build a habit out of the general public like ola and uber are successful in doing that i'm not sure whether they're still earning profit or not but how can a company of this scale where an investor is just investing more and more money just to recoup what they had initially invested and there is no end in sight you're just pouring more and more money in and you never know when the profit is going to come in very interesting so to be very true i'm not much aware of this even i don't understand how this works but they always say that a startup is always in loss so i i do not understand this concept but it takes a few years for them to generate profit yeah i understand like if it takes a few years when you you know there's a considerable growth but when you see these giants right now the local travel industry the, even the food industry which have now sustained for over a decade i would say there is no end in sight they're still getting losses in crores so it just seems baffling at sometimes that how can they just get more and more funding i'll also read about it. it's very interesting thing that you pointed out you never know these this what happens as we saw in few episodes before in the story of money where government keeps on printing money and things just keeps flowing on it it's a case of similar nature correct oh related to that i was recently 
recently reading this thing which interested me a lot so india as a country we have a lot of debt and because we do not have anything to fund it the government might plan to buy gold from the users like the common men from you or from me our household gold because you cannot directly go and print money you need either forex reserves for it or you need some gold reserve so getting forex reserves will be costly because we already are in a lot of debt so getting gold from the country people and right now the gold prices are really high so suppose if you sell 10 gram gold to the government they'll give you 50000 rupees so there were many articles on this recently if this works and if people are ready but the concern here is will people give their gold because normally our mothers they attach it to sentiments the value is not only money it's sentiments only then they can print money to actually counter fiscal deficit you know but one thing i would say that i would trust investing in gold more than in trusting the government obviously india has a sentimental value related to gold as well but eventually in the entire world because gold is limited in quantity there is a proper demand and supply you could say whereas in a printing currency where government or banks have the ability to print as much currency as they can given what happened with the us financial crisis what has happened with the financial crisis of venezuela and other countries it just seems logical that you know you invest in gold or precious metals rather than your currency that is very true very rightly said gold as you rightly mentioned first of all it's an asset class which is common throughout the world so it is not like one usd is basically equivalent to some 70 inr if gold is a price in the us it's here as well you could say like it's more globalized it is same for everyone yeah that's an actually an interesting way to look at it uh, too much talk about again financial crises and all that let's not go into that again but okay tell us something more about the other things that you are reading i'll tell you one fact i read recently so there's this thing in casinos so normally we listen that in casinos they play music so that you spend a lot of money you are in good mood if you see it that way that is also finance right to make money they are playing such soothful music which makes you happy and makes you spend more money even i read about there are certain marketing areas where they play with human psyche to engross them more to the product and ultimately help in the finances let's say the food industry thrives with the color red because that appeals to the yeah. hunger in people finance not only includes just the calculation part of it but also the unorthodox ways on how you can improve human experience and thus gain more money true very true and at the end of the day an mba school will teach you one thing that it is all about your consumer it is all about the customer and their preferences and what they want so if i am an investment bank and you are my customer and you tell me that you want to buy company a so i will make sure that i give you such numbers that will help you buy company a so i will fudge the number accordingly you know that's how it actually works in the industry yeah that's incorrect but i have recently gained this insight if you know ashwath damodaran sir he is an nyu stern professor and he is like the finance god so he told once in his lecture that he doesn't like investment bankers as such he always says that getting a number is very easy but at the end of the day it is all about story the story you build why should i buy that company that is more important than just getting a number and saying that yeah this company will earn me 10 crore of profit i should buy it for your reference i'll send you the video i'll actually include that in the description so that anybody who's interested to know more about this on how investment bankers might not be the people you thought they might be they might be obviously good people and bad people but again it's good to be aware 
but chalo like the idea behind this recording was just that we would keep it very chill we would discuss about the daily life of our guests so that we know about what is actually there in an mba college what is there in finance and finance is not something which you should be afraid about because i am consciously making a personal effort to do these small casual episodes on finance in a very lucid manner so that even kids can understand and start to think about it because i think as a country as a whole we lack a lot in financial literacy and people don't really talk openly about money and bringing this topic out in the open and people listening in their daily lives would actually give them something to think about something to read about and something to ask the parents and their family on how they manage their finances so again thanks so much smriti for uh, being a guest and why don't you conclude this tell us some parting thoughts so it was a pleasure talking to you i was really afraid in the beginning as i told you thank you so much for that opportunity and one thing you rightly mentioned we do not as a country on a whole we do not talk about our finances we do not think of our personal finances where should we invest where should we not invest we really need to think about it maybe you can do a podcast with someone who knows about personal finances it will be great if you can get someone to speak on that Yeah, surely. Like, actually, what I'll do is I'll open it to all the listeners. If somebody who's interested and knows something about personal finances and managing personal finances, I would be glad if you could be a guest in the future episodes, so that the other listeners can get some knowledge about it. And I'll also try to plug in my own forum and website, which I've launched recently, where we have set up a forum where all our guests, all our listeners, can ask questions, get answers to the questions. Like in this episode, we had some open questions, right, regarding. how startups get their funding even when they're operating in losses how if you are investing in let's say all the stocks hypothetical scenario will it eventually turn into a profit so these are open questions we currently don't know answers to and you know that is why we have guests and people who are experts in these fields so our forum is a place where you can post these questions get answers to these questions and learn more about it but again it's my pleasure to host you smriti for this and thank you so much for agreeing to this it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you anshu it's been a pleasure as well i leave you with one thought think about if you have to value the moon how much is the moon worth how will you value it think about it and let me know whenever possible okay i'll get back to you on that one but until then bye bye everybody and thank you for listening bye thank you to all the listeners i'll catch up with you again soon with someone new and lots of interesting discussions so bye